Welcome everybody to RPG Storytime, the channel where we take role-playing games and turn them into audio narratives and play them over podcasts. Although today we are speaking with Steve Huff, who is a longtime gamer and uh, does stage combat and trains for regular combat. And we're going to talk a little bit about combat in some of these role-playing games, in particular Dungeons & Dragons, which we just listened to. And he's been playing since first edition, just like the adventure we just listened to. Uh, thanks for joining us, Steve. Hey, everybody. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. So you teach historical combat uh, and modern combat, both in really doing it and stage combat. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, you know, my, my day job, if you can call it that, is uh, I'm a fight choreographer and a fight performer. Um, and one of the things that I mainly do is I specialize in weaponry. Uh, I do a lot of different things, hand-to-hand -hand as well, but I, I mainly specialize in weaponry, um, particularly fantasy and sci-fi type weapons. Um, I've been doing martial arts since the, the 70s and have done all sorts of different styles. Got really lucky that I got to a point where I, uh, I was getting a, a pretty good reputation in some of the things that I was doing, so I was invited to teach around the world and that gave me the opportunity to travel and meet new people and, and try some new styles. And you know, I've always had a love for weapons, uh, especially swords. So, you know, that was kind of where my main focus was. I've studied a lot of different weapon styles over the years and a lot of different uh, cultural systems, Eastern and Western. Um, but it was really the sword. And a big part of that was growing up, you know, in the, in the 70s as a D&D &D kid, you know, a D&D &D and Star Wars kid. Uh, you know, it was, it was absolutely playing D&D that really kind of fueled that interest in weaponry and all of that. And, you know, here I am, oh my God, what's it been, 40 years? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's like I've come full circle. You know, now I'm, yeah. I'm actually getting to, to take that and, and take it into a career. And you know, so, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a wild the ride. One of the things that's interesting uh, that you do is you'll take various uh, forms from history because you know the uh, various different times. In fact, Vikings in particular, you uh, you discovered some things that hadn't been no uh, hadn't been noticed before from some archaeological records. Uh, but you take some of these forms from different places and you intermingle them together to work for some form of fantasy. So, because like in fantasy, okay, this particular thing, uh, race or, or culture didn't exist. So how do they fight? Well, you've kind of have taken like, okay, well, here's the influences for that and kind of mix them together, which I find particularly interesting. Yeah, you know, it, as, as a fight choreographer, it, it's not about just building a, a flashy fight, you know. Well, sometimes it is, but you know, what, 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 what I really enjoy is, is a fight that tells a story, um, you know, and, and building something that allows me to draw on these various systems and, and different styles, but also, yeah, I, I got years of uh, you know, degrees in history and all that, and years of studying the different historical cultures that these different fighting styles came from. So one of the things that I love about fantasy is it gives me that opportunity to pull things in and create a, you know, a, a new style or even just build one from the ground up. Uh, you know, I've always, 
always had a fascination with elves when I was you know, playing the, the game and first starting out. And I think most of my characters have been elves or half elves. So uh, just as something I've been interested in and, and for some of the projects I have going on now, I'm actually developing an elven sword system uh, based on true martial principles, but with elements that, you know, elven physiology and that, that fantasy element would allow you to break. So it wouldn't be a real fighting style, but for film, it will look like a true martial system. And that's kind of the way I'm developing it. Can you tell anything about that? Or is it just uh, sort of trade secrets or? Like uh, well, I mean, you, you know, basically just looking at a lot of the artwork, um, you know, looking at what are the more iconic ideas of the elven swords and all that. And, you know, like with the Lord of the Rings films. And, uh, you know, it's funny when you look at the art that goes back from first edition to now and just how much things have changed. Mm -hmm. um, but you see a very, like, kind of flowing look to a lot of the, the you know, elven uh, aesthetic, right? Their, their armor is kind of flowy. So curved swords seem to be popular. So I've been playing around mixing uh, a lot of Eastern styles, uh, a lot of wushu because of its nice fluidity, um, but then some more you know, brutal close quarter type sword work. Krabi uh, Krabong is a type of Thai sword fighting that is very effective close range and, and uses a, a da, which is like a, a slightly curved, um, long graceful blade, very elven looking in, in my mind. Uh, so just pulling from systems that seem to fit that idea of that uh, graceful movement, um, you know, that, that, that deadly accuracy and that, that savage grace. So as opposed to where if I was building something for, you know, like a, an orc, it would be much more physical, it'd be much more visceral. So in doing this, I'm, I'm really looking at, well, what are the elements of, you know, the, the elven race, you know, the added agility, a little quicker, better reflexes. So a fighting style should reflect that. They should be much more fluid and graceful and moving like the wind as opposed to another race. So that, that's the type of approach that I take. Now, you mentioned about first edition and how interesting it's been sort of with the artwork and just the different ways that it's sort of portrayed throughout the years uh, or throughout the decades, really. Um, what, uh, how would you uh, describe how um, combat has evolved through all that? And, you know, how much do you think that it's been uh, reflecting the way fighting really would be, um, the realism of it versus the playability uh, you know that sort of thing. And do you have a favorite of the uh, of the five editions, or of um, oh, what's it called, uh, Pathfinder? Uh, do you have a favorite among those as well? Whew. Yeah, that's a, a tough question because I saw it go from you know pretty simplistic to you know it, it, it took an hour to figure out if I hit one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing is, you know, the, the reality of combat, and this is a question I get asked a lot, um, you know, about 
the reality of fight scenes and all of that. And you know, the, the reality of combat is, is true, true combat is chaotic. It is not flashy. It's not polished like it is in the movies. Um, you know, it doesn't really tell a story. So when you're looking at things like combat and video games now, you know, nowadays and uh, you know, role-playing games, you need to create a system that's going to give you that that visual element. You know, I really enjoy. You know, I've, I've only recently been able to jump into to fifth edition, and I enjoy it. Um, you know, I think it gives enough to keep it streamlined and move combat along without bogging it you know, down, but also especially you know and and you know you're you're a, a great gm dm so it, it's also the flavor it, it's like you know it, it allows you to kind of well okay you got that crit how does that go and you know it, it's a nice system because it allows you to then really add the role-playing element uh you know into it so that's one of the things that i, I really enjoy about that um you know that yeah you can you can just roll the dice and roll the damage and all of that but you know it that that whole element of the the sandbox idea where you can take it and build it out and add that that to it i i really enjoy that i love i love the new uh the battle master oh class in 5e uh-huh oh yeah yes what, what is it you love about them um, that finally they, they have a character that, you know, is, is truly just a, a student of combat. You know, he, he's not driven to, by any other higher ideology other than perfection of skill with the blade. And the fact that you can kind of customize their fighting style through you know, the maneuvers and all of that, and then picking different feats and all of that as you're building the character, it really lets you create a, a custom tailored sword master. Right, how does that differ from the fighter, like the standard fighter? I, I'm more into third edition myself, and I, I've played fifth, but I don't know it as well. I know Pathfinder a little bit better than that. So, you know, and so I, he, he educate me about the, the difference like between blade master and uh, uh, fighter. Or swordmaster, whatever. Um, yeah. So the uh, the battlemaster basically is uh, it is a fighter archetype, uh, but it's one of those things where they they take a a scholastic okay. approach to combat. Um, you know, they they become a true martial student, and they're allowed to take different types of maneuvers and uh, you know other class features that allow them to engage in more complex type of sword play. Um, you know, like one of the things that I, I love that they have is a uh, repost, oh. um, which in you know historical fencing terminology, you know, a repost is an immediate counterattack after you've deflected or dodged an opponent's attack. So the way it works in the game mechanics is if a character make you know if, if a opponent makes an attack and misses, you have the opportunity 
to make an immediate counterattack. Okay. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's pretty, pretty awesome. You know, you can, you can really take your time and develop a character uh, that can have a, a unique fighting style. Um, any of the classes that you want, obviously, you can do the same thing. But for me, you know, the the battle master was a class that right away I was like, yeah, my my first character is going to have to be a battle master. Yeah. Is there any uh, game system, not not necessarily D and D, but any of the game systems in general that you felt uh, has been even um, board games, like any kind of game that you can uh, count on this that you feel most accurately uh, reflects what combat is like man you know I've, I've played so many that a lot of them run together yeah. uh I, I vaguely remember a game that you know, a buddy of mine and i used to play uh twilight 2000 oh and uh i seem to remember that the it was uh you know world war three then you know, near future game. And I, I think it came out in like the mid eighties. Yeah. I can't quite remember when. Um, yeah. But I, I think the, the battle, battle system in that was fairly realistic, but also very complex, if I recall correctly. <laughs> and that's the problem is to try to recreate all the subtleties and nuances between two legitimately trained and highly skilled sword fighters in a game is going to be very, very difficult to make it, you know, exactly. You know, it's like even the weaponry in D&D, you know, like longsword. Well, that covers a lot of, a lot of things. And even technically the the term with D&D figures, the longsword for the longest time was just you know, your basic kind of you know, typical cruciform style sword when historically it's a two-handed weapon. Um, but then uh, for one of the games, I've basically been looking at taking long sword and then breaking it down to different types of uh, long swords, each with slightly different stats, but they still do roughly the same amount of damage. But, you know, like Italian long swords are better suited for thrusting, you know, uh, Italian-styled longsword. So that could be like an elven longsword could be better for thrusting. Um, so that type of thing, taking historical weapons and trying to add a wider variety of, of weapons choices in a D&D. You know, some homebrew stuff. But what really made me want to do that is the Battlemaster class. You know, I want to be able to have different weapons combinations for the battle masters so we can have more variety instead of just you get a long sword you get a long sword oh look he's got a long sword <laughs> well in fact you started to touch on what it was i was getting at uh, at the beginning is the idea that you've taken some of these elements from history and and translated them into uh into the fantasy things. Like, for instance, when you, when you were describing it to me, you said the same, uh, at another time, you said the same thing you just did now uh, about Italian is, is more about the thrusting and then German was more about the hacking. Uh, and in, you know, in fantasy terms, it'd be more of the German style would be more of like the dwarven 
area. And it seems that Tolkien was, uh, what do you call it, was influenced uh, by that. Um, yeah, so I mean, what, what are some of those from, you know, history that kind of fit so well into the fantasy realm of either regional or historical? Well, when you get into uh, looking at weaponry, um, you know, man, it's just there are so many amazing and bizarre real weapons that you could easily toss into, you know, uh, a good fantasy game. And then, of course, you have your iconic fantasy film weaponry. Um, one of the one of the games I'm in, the guy convinced the DM to give him hey uh you know the the throwing glaive from Beastmaster <laughs> the fold-up weapon uh so you know some of the weapons that are like really well suited for the you know especially for the D&D world um you know like some of the African weapons are different but really good because they're they're unique you know like shorter uh, close range fighting spears. Um, in fact, I think in fifth edition they've added in uh, Ikawa, which is a, a Zulu fighting spear. Um, yeah, actually. And then uh, if you're going to be dealing with more like lizard folk or things like that, then you could go with a lot of the uh, Pacific Islander type of weapons rather than just, again, the, the typical club or Acts. Well, in fact, that's one of the things I think that has really improved by our cult, like real life culture becoming so much more multicultural is there is more of a, an interest in, I mean, clearly D&D started along with the um, fantasy that uh, uh, the, the world building actually that Tolkien came up with, which was very European. But now, of course, we're expanding much more and, and world history is taught more as actual world history rather than just European history. So now uh, places like D&D are getting more of the various influences from all kinds of places. Uh, what are some of your favorites that are, I mean, you just named a few of them that are great. What are some of your favorites that, they, that are starting to get added from other parts of the world? I'm really curious to see... Uh, when they start expanding into you know their version, you know deeper into their version of you know like a lot of the Asian countries, um, you know when they get more into like uh, Karatur and things like that. So that's still they haven't explored it as yet in, in fifth edition. And then of course you know like Chult and that whole region uh where they're bringing in and blending a lot of different cultures down there uh which that's another area that i'm really hoping as a player to be able to explore yeah now one thing i've found interesting in terms of different uh game systems is the way that you know two hit versus the you know how good you are at either avoiding a hit or how much armor you're wearing uh, is differentiated. Uh, of course, in D&D, you now have just simply the, the armor class, which is a number. They used to have Thaco. Uh, in first edition, it was a chart. But then you have other views of, of looking at it, like um, several systems now have, uh, uh, like Savage Worlds in particular, uh, have it where it doesn't make it harder to be hit, 
but it reduces the damage. Star Wars actually uses that same system where your, your two hit is just whether or not you can actually hit the target. And then you have soak, which is the amount of armor that is in. Uh, you know, I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Do you prefer more the, like the D&D method where we're just going to put it all into the difficulty to hit? Or do you prefer it's taken off of damage, it's done? Or would you prefer a, a completely different kind of method? Um, I, I really do like the, the current, you know, basic D20 method. You know, it allows for fighting a variety of opponent um, of opponents. You know, and it it usually makes pretty good sense. You know, as far as the different types of armor classes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it's such a, a complicated thing because the whole idea of the combat system, the way it happens, it's so easy for people to forget that. What can sometimes take like half an hour to do to resolve like two moves in the combat in, in real fight time would be a matter of seconds. So you don't want anything too complicated that bogs it down. Um, you know, and I like the idea of the the rolls because the the high the the almost miss rolls don't necessarily have to be a miss roll. It's like, you know, the opponent parries or you, know, you hit, but it doesn't penetrate the armor. Um, I like a fairly quick and efficient rule system that allows for some, you know, flavor to be added to it. Yeah. Um, now this question is a little bit unfair to you, but I've been, because I've been asking it to uh, game designers. And, um, and even though you're not a game designer, since I've been asking everybody, I'm just going to, make this the one question that's always asked. There was a game designer at one point who said to me, he was referring to a part of his game that was the flux capacitor. And he's like, this is the part of the game mechanic that makes the whole system run. What, in your opinion, would be the flux capacitor of Dungeons and Dragons? Or do you think there is one? Yeah, well, you know, that, that whole D20 system, it, it, it's just so easy to apply for so many of the different things. Um, you know, to me, I would be much more likely to go to another game that was based on that type of system or something very similar than having to learn a whole new system. Uh, tell me about your first experience with D&D. Like, what was the very first time that you uh, played it? So uh, my older brother had actually gotten into it. And uh, I, I think this was like 79. I, I, it hadn't been out long. What, what did it come out? 77, 78? Yeah, it was something like that. It was uh, 77 or 78, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and he and one of his friends had gotten into it. And then, uh, you know, I thought it looked cool. So, you know, he, he let me and a friend of mine try and you know we were kind of young and it, it, it took a couple of years before we really got into it but it was enough that we kept kind of getting into it and then uh it just kept going from there you know what did you play but it was it, it it just it brought me in i was a dwarf fighter ah okay so, yeah <laughs> back when i i think it was like wasn't dwarf a class 
back then? What, what, oh, like, that's a good question. You are a dwarf. You're, you're just a dwarf fighter, and you know, you're you're like fighter elf. I what wasn't that? Oh, was that? Ah, I kind of so forget. I you know because I was looking at it again recently. I should know. No, I you know what? I do think that it was still race and but it was just four, yeah yeah yeah. You did choose race and and class, but it was just that there were only four classes. It was fighter. Yeah. Was yeah. But bef uh, before we go, tell us a bit about uh, creative combat. So, uh, Creative Combat is a company I founded a few years ago um, with the main idea being uh, fight choreography um, and fight performance services, but I also offer training in a lot of different uh, historical fighting styles and uh, different types of weaponry. Um, German Medieval Longsword is one of my more popular classes. I'm getting ready to change the format, and instead of like regular ongoing classes, I'm going to be doing uh, like kind of mini workshops. Uh, but that's all going to be when everything's resumed and, and returned to normal. But you can follow what's going on at uh, Creative Combat on Facebook or Creative.Combat on Instagram, and the website is CreativeCombatLA.com. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Steve, for joining us. It's always great to have uh, different perspectives and uh, you have a, a particularly unique one because of the fact that you deal with uh, combat in different ways outside of gaming. So I think everybody really appreciates hearing you, uh, hearing your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Cool. All right, so join us next time. Uh, next time we'll actually be starting Gangbusters in the next episodes. We, in the next episode, we will be chatting uh, with the designer of the new one. So. Come back for that, and uh, thanks for joining us, and happy gaming, everybody.